Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features an excerpt from part one of a three-part BlackBaud webinar series on how better talent management can up your fundraising game. Listen in to hear Eric Bauman, talent manager at the Texas A&M Foundation, talk about how to establish a firm foundation for talent management that sets your organization up for fundraising success. After listening to the episode, click on the link in the show notes to access the full webinar series to learn more about finding, developing, and retaining talent and about the Texas A&M Foundation's talent management journey. So just to give some background, most of my career has been in the for-profit sector. I've worked at Southwest Airlines. I've worked at uh, financial services, J.P. Morgan Chase. I've worked in the ophthalmic optics industry at Essilor, as well as heavy civil engineering and construction. My, My role as a talent manager is industry agnostic, but I've been fortunate to work in the different industries to get perspectives on how to best have people work together in an organization and meet their performance goals. It's interesting, a key lesson that I learned along the way is that regardless of the industry or country, whatever languages are used, the ultimate driver to an organization's success are its people. Talent management is what helps an organization to coordinate and organize and focus the people of an organization and their efforts so that you can reach the outcomes that you're trying to reach. I do like a a simple definition that I have found as well over the years. Talent management means a lot of things to different people. Some refer to talent management, and they're just talking about talent acquisition, sourcing, recruiting, and onboarding. For others, it also includes career development and succession planning, or even workforce planning. But the definition that I feel best captures the essence of talent management is that talent management includes all of the organizational processes that ensure an organization has the right people in the right place at the right time with the right skills. Hey, Eric, this is Stacy. Sorry to jump in here, but yeah, could, you yeah, give yeah. Some, could you give some examples of traditional functional or function areas that would maybe be included in that definition? Sure, I'd love to. Traditional HR management, you have your areas of uh, sourcing, recruiting, onboarding, succession planning. You have process improvement, organization development. With the definition that I use for talent management, it talent management covers anything in the organization where people are involved and working to find ways to make it as effective as possible. So an advantage I had is that I was the first talent manager here at the A&M Foundation and no one knew what talent management was so I could define it however I wanted it to be. And I wanted it to be broad enough that I'm not limited just to an HR management perspective, but I'm a much broader HR development perspective. But that's a great question. And I've actually... I've had to explain here to the foundation what talent management is, and I have found that the best way to do this is actually with this graphic that I created here. I'll introduce you to the entire full graphic of how to build your talent management processes, but I'm only going to focus after that on key portions of it. And then in our upcoming webinars, we'll continue focusing on other portions of this. So you'll notice on your screen there that the three building blocks to creating an effective, aligned coordinated and integrated talent management process can be summed up with the words believe, achieve, and support. If you do not get these right, the rest of your talent management activities will suffer and not be as effective as they can be. So we'll start with believe. As with any building, you must start with a solid foundation and then build up. 
The vision, the mission, and your values, determining those are critical. If possible, also determine your organization's broadest goals and strategies. I like to use the example of a sailing ship. Defining the overall purpose of the vessel is like a mission or a purpose statement. It answers the question, why does the vessel exist? And then you know why this ship exists now. So the captain and the senior officers look ahead on the distance on the horizon. They determine the best destination that will fulfill the purpose of the ship. And that is the vision of what success looks like or where they are going as a ship. They then determine the best route of the ship to reach the destination successfully, and that's called strategic decisions. They have limited resources, including time, and strategy helps them determine how they're going to spend those limited resources as they're working towards their destination. The crew makes sure that the individual performance of each person is aligned with the vision, mission, and strategy of the organization. Imagine what a waste it would be if some of the crew just sat by idly because they did not know their role in helping the ship reach its destination. And I say that in an example here, but I have seen that in countless organizations of where communication is poor and individuals do not know how they fit into the overall success of the organization. So it's, they either end up getting frustrated and not performing, or worse, they perform in ways that are akin to someone on a rowboat rowing backwards when everyone else is rowing forwards. So it's critical to have that alignment the values are going to determine what you find acceptable and what you find to be unacceptable along the journey. For example, if your organization or your boat, your ship, is so interested in reaching the destination as fast as possible no matter what, that value system could lead them to not paying attention to any warning signs that are in the ocean telling of dangerous conditions ahead. Another example, a crew could value teamwork. Another crew could value individual performance only. And another crew could value uh, cutthroat, literally, competition between themselves and other members of the crew. Having a defined vision, mission, or purpose and values are critical to help the entire organization know why they exist, where they are going, how they will get there, and how they should act along the way. And think about it, without these critical components, what are you using as a guide to set your goals? Is it something as generic as make more money? And you have to ask yourself, does that really motivate people? We are in an industry, the nonprofits and education, these are people, they're drawn to our organizations because they usually have a passion. That's something I did not see nearly as frequently in the for-profit world. And it's something that I greatly enjoy about being in the nonprofit world. So how do we tap into that passion? I have found here that by defining that believe step and documenting it and including it in our new hire and our recruiting and our employee development, that we're able to tap into that inner motivation that people already have and build on that success. Now, some famous quotes that have been in the past that I thought were applicable to this, you're all familiar probably with Yogi Berra. And he said, if you don't know where you are going, you might end up someplace else. That's so true. Steve Maraboli, if you don't know exactly where you are going, how will you know when you get there? Edward Deming, one of the fathers of modern management, he said, it's not enough to do your best. You must know what to do and then do your best. So in the leadership role, it's critical we define for all of our team members the common purpose, the common goals, the common strategies to know where we're going. And it's important that they don't lose sight of the cause. Even Journey said, don't stop believing. So we look at the achieve step. 
So now you need to set your goals and determine what your performance expectations are. And to do that, you have to define your metrics. And that was extremely helpful, our partnership working with Reher and then BlackBot to help identify what metrics really matter. We noticed throughout our organization that we had varying names for different metrics. We did not have a consistent approach in all of our colleges. We realized we needed to create a common terminology so we can each communicate more clearly with each other. We needed to define what are the core metrics as well as what are the key performance indicators that support those metrics and give you an early warning system if a metric is not going to be met. You also need to talk about and think about competencies. Now, I personally do not like the word competencies. I like the concept. You're basically defining and spelling out what behavior you want to see, what knowledge people need to have, what skills they need to have, what aptitudes and abilities. I just don't like the competencies word because it's too binary and human beings are not binary. It's not as if they're, you're either competent or you're incompetent. So we decided to use a term borrowing from uh, the Association for Talent Development. We have created our competency sets. We're keeping them very simple so we don't require everyone to be an HR expert. And we're calling them our professional areas of expertise. After the achieve step, it is critical that you have the right support structures in place. And support can be anything from uh, having the right workforce planning processes in place. Do you have clearly defined job roles? Are your job descriptions up to date? How is your compensation and benefits structure? Does it support where you want to take your organization? I've seen in multiple organizations where they want a team-based activity. They want the whole organization to work as teams, but their compensation system rewards individual effort only. If that's the case, people are going to go to where the money is. They're going to focus on individual efforts. So it's important that people have the tools. Another thing to think about, too, is do they have the right tools to achieve the goals that you want them to achieve? For example, in our field, are you using Excel as your, your CRM tool, or are you using a dedicated platform that greatly enhances the productivity of the individual. You cannot expect CRM-level performance if you only have Excel-level resources. So the next steps here I'd like to introduce to you, these are the pillars. Once you have your believe, achieve, and support foundation laid, the next major steps are to build, to engage, to belong, to grow, and to prepare. Build, that refers to any processes that are core to your, fa your foundation or your organization. Uh, an example here at our foundation, fundraising is a core process. We have to get that process down. When I started here, we did not have a defined process. We could send people to many different organizations, CASE, EAB, others, and have them go to more a generic fundraising model type training, but that was not customized to our unique situation. So we can take pieces of those models and incorporate it into our own, but until we define our fundraising guide, this is how we do fundraising at the Texas A&M Foundation, we're, we're hamstringing ourselves, we're holding ourselves back. So that new hire comes in, they should be able to have a program in place where we're designing a year to 18 month program that'll teach them, here's how we do fundraising at the Texas A&M Foundation. If the person has prior fundraising experience, this gives them an idea of how they need to adapt to our fundraising processes. If it is a junior level development officer and they have no experience or limited experience, this will teach them the skills that they need to know. Engage is critical, the engagement and retention, and we're calling that the team member experience. 
And that's all aspects of working at an organization. Many times when we talk about engagement, people think about employee opinion surveys, celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, parties in the break room. Those are critical components to an organization's culture, but engagement is about a positive quantitative and qualitative impact in every touch point between the organization and its employees. This includes processes that you might not even consider. A really frustrating process to an employee is part of their overall experience in your organization and can affect employee engagement and uh, retention, possibly even more than some things like celebrating birthdays, having employee opinion surveys, et cetera. The belong stage, we call this the new hire experience. We have taken apart our new hire experience from sourcing, recruiting to onboarding and identified what are the things that matter. One of the critical components that we discovered is given the audience we want to hire, we have to have an onboarding process that captures the heart as well as the mind. If we're able to do that, our retention rates long-term go up. So in capturing the heart, we cannot neglect the mind, so they need to know what, how to do their job. They need to know the basics of onboarding to a new organization. But we also need to teach them why we do what we do. We try to introduce them to students. We try to introduce them to places on campus that we have helped build to help them see that they can leave a legacy here. We actually have a, a very high uh, retention rate, which has been a, a real blessing and really fortunate to have that. I credit a lot of that to the fact that we're able to tie in so well to the A&M culture and the, uh, just the Aggie experience in general. When it comes to grow, people want to know that they can grow both in their current role as well as for their next role. So it involves training. It involves learning, uh, performance support, professional development, leadership development, career development. They, they need to be defined. And then prepare for the future by having successful succession planning processes in place. If you're able to reach this level of building your talent management foundation and the pillars, these will lead you towards individual and organizational success. When you roll it out, it doesn't have to be perfect at first blush. It can take time to refine. And as an organization is a living entity, it changes over time. So over time, you'll need to adapt and adjust as well. But having these structures in place as an integrated model will help align the efforts of your people towards the common goals and make sure that that most limited resource of time is used on what really matters. So key takeaways from this image, I would like to just uh, emphasize again, it's integrated. It encompasses every touch point between an employee and the organization. Effective talent management is comprehensively integrated and aligned within the organization. It's not a once and done activity. It's an ongoing philosophy, if you will. And if you can create this building that you see on the, the, the screen there, that is essentially your talent strategy. Your talent strategy is just defined in a graphical representation there. So when we rolled this out to the organization, I created what was called the talent roadmap. There's no way that we could get to the ultimate talent management foundation and structure overnight. So we needed to create a path. And our path was start out first by defining the vision, the values, the culture, our goals. And then at the beginning of the path, you'll notice in the blue on the bottom to establish a firm foundation, it's about performance excellence. It's about competencies and assessments. The book that we're writing on fundraising and how we do it at the foundation 
We're calling that the next generation fundraising. It also includes leadership training, not just generic leadership training for general leadership roles, but specific fundraising leadership training. Leading a sales team or leading a fundraising team requires an additional set of skills that you usually don't find in your standard, just general leading and leadership training classes. Uh, Talent infrastructure, make sure we have the right pieces in place to support our talent. In future webinars, we'll talk about finding and growing talent to grow capacity as well as preparing for the future and engaging and partnering.